Welcome to the latest episode of the Zebra Developer Podcast. My name is Dan Qualiana, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Jolly. Hey, Dan. And today we have the pleasure of being joined by two gentlemen from a company, MicroEdge. We have Fred Rivard, who is the CEO, and Robert DiLoretto, the Vice President of Sales in the United States. So welcome, Fred and Robert. Hi, hi Daniel. Hi, hi, Mark. Yeah, great to be here. Excellent. Thank you, guys. So uh, if you don't mind, Fred, maybe you can give a quick introduction of yourself and MicroEdge to our listeners. Yeah, so uh, Fred Rivard, so uh, I'm the founder and CEO of MicroEdge. And uh, the, the idea, the vision of MicroEdge is uh, let's try to duplicate what has been done on, for the smartphone industry. So basically, uh, um, Android uh, has been the, the starter. Uh, as soon as Android uh, came up, uh, people were starting to write application and uh, in less than five years you had uh, one million apps that were available for all these phones. So we tried to, to, to do the very same thing uh, for the printers, basically to have a small, a small application platform that can fit into lot, uh, lots of printers to release the creativity on what can be done around printing. Okay, perfect. So I think with the growth and you know the rise of the mobile phones and the Android platform taking the lead as the kind of de facto development language and Java growing, a lot of our listeners and developers will be um, familiar with Android applications. So how would they look at um, using Java um, with their existing printers and their applications together, Fred? Is that something that uh, MicroEdge could help with um, alongside Zebra? Yeah, definitely. So we re we really reuse the very same concepts, and the very first thing we had to do is to be able to 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 to, to load the application platform called MicroEdge Virtual Execution Environment on, let's say, cost-effective devices and uh, like printers and. Uh, after that, uh, you write application, regular Java code, reuse standard uh, libraries, and you package all that into uh, an app. And uh, of course, uh, the, 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 the wrapper around the, your, your code is a bit different between Android and MicroEdge, uh, but uh, the code inside is the same. So you can literally uh, reuse your code from uh, one or uh, one platform to the other and download uh, these apps uh, to your printers and uh, there is a life cycle of the apps uh, on the uh, on the printers and of course the the semantics uh, how you start how they stop how they they behave internally uh, they follow the very same semantic uh, on both platforms so an app uh, will start the very same uh, and behave the same on the Android and on uh, the uh, the MacRage uh, virtual execution environment. You could say that that's the kind of business logic being reused. Then that's the way to think about it. Yes. And with um, with our developers today that um, may have used a bit of ZBI on the printers, they'll be able to use their knowledge of Java quite quickly pick it up and use your your own wrappers um, to, to quickly develop on, on the printer rather than have to learn 
specific code um, that's proprietary to Zebra um, and increase their developer power um, and quicker go to market. Yes, definitely. And uh, the, uh, the DBI uh, is a very nice language, although uh, a bit, uh, let's say, uh, uh, like an assembly, so uh, a bit hard to learn, but uh, very powerful. So the idea is to, to put a layer on top of that and, and using the one that is uh, the most used by the mobile industry, which is uh, obviously Java. And so to, to, to benefit from the from the ZBI uh, and the NIS uh, capabilities, but uh, using very fast and uh, agile programming uh, programming skills. Uh, and so it means that uh, you can really go very fast at designing, uh, designing apps and added, added value uh, for the printers. And as soon you write once, uh, you write it once, and then it can run on everywhere, just like uh, an app on Android can run uh, on any uh, devices that has Android or whatever the hardware is. You know, Fred, this is really exciting because, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about ZBI, some of the capabilities, and you mentioned how it's really a specialized knowledge. You know, there's not as many people writing something in a basic language and something designed really to focus on pulling functionality out of the printer. Now we're looking at opening this up to really the millions of Java developers that are out in the market, and that's, that's obviously very exciting for the opening what the capabilities could be um, but one of the things when I when I think of that I also think you know this this device still is de designed to be a printer and so when someone is designing an application here um, how do how does uh, the microwedge platform help make sure that some of those critical real-time components of the printer are separated and segmented away from the application layer and then are there any kind of coding decisions of how people are structuring their code that they need to make uh, to make sure that their application could be optimized to run uh, in this environment? Yeah, this is a very good question. And uh, this is a fundamental question because as soon you open to third party, you need to be sure that uh, the piece of code of this uh, third party will not jeopardize the core competency uh, of the printer. So printing and all the these uh, print, 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 printers services. So uh, MacroEdge, in fact, uh, provides uh, a sandbox. So virtualization, and it's a very uh, a secure way to protect and to decouple and to separate uh, in a very um, uh, secure way uh, applications that come from the uh, third parties from the core competencies. So there is no no way for the uh, third party to badly interact with uh, the core competency. They need to go through what we call interfaces, APIs, and uh, there is no way for them to, 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 to turn around this API, this uh, interfaces. So it's uh, very secure. We, we in, in fact, we provide um, uh, a, a, a multi-sandbox uh, layer, meaning that even the apps uh, are, in fact, protected uh, from each other. So it means that someone can create a, write a service that could crash, but it will not affect the rest of the system. And we guarantee that uh, with uh, 
um, uh, certifications. So we went through very high level certification. And uh, so the, 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 the sandbox is uh, really uh, bulletproof. Uh, we basically use uh, the same technology that is used for avionics uh, in terms of certifications and uh, the printer will benefit, uh, let's say, uh, avionics uh, certifications. So what I've seen also, uh, Fred, is that when someone hears Java and they hear of an endpoint, and maybe it's an endpoint um, printer, a mobile device, or whatever, um, they suddenly start getting a bit scared from a security perspective that, oh no, Java, now more people can write an app, maybe there's more chance of a security breach, could they collect all the data off our device? So security is, is a key, key um, element. What's that MicroEdge's approach to security and on the application, the sandbox element of it? Yeah, so to be technically uh, speaking, the each app has an idea and uh, it needs to request grants from the kernel. And there is no way, for example, to access the file system, to access the network, to access uh, anything if it is not granted. And because you can't go, uh, you are obliged to go through the API, there is no way for the application to turn around and to open another channel, and etc. And uh, remember, um, there is a key key component in the Java technology called the bytecode verifier, meaning that you can't you can't write a piece of code that will, in fact, take uh, the virtualization layer uh, into default, meaning that uh, we, we can be sure that there is no bugs in terms of uh, uh, trying to make the virtualization layer uh, break, etc. So it means there is no way for an app to access a resource if there is uh, nobody grants uh, the resource. And uh, so it's very, very secure. Basically, think about smart card. This is the very same kind of technology, a very bulletproof, uh, formally proven uh, uh, layer, virtualization layer, and uh, there is no way to bypass it. Okay. I guess if they were to use a third-party accessory, such as um, a scanner, let's say, to scan um, a barcode and then pass it to the printer, they would be able to read that and interact with it and, you know, engage and print a label um, and even send something to the cloud and push it down. Um, all that data is managed and secure. Um, but from a, a device layer perspective, they can't get the, um, the in-depth detail off the printer. Yeah, exactly. Cool. I think that should relieve a lot of our uh, listeners from a security perspective. Um, so if we've wrote an app, and I think this all sounds pretty cool, that we can start generating new applications quickly, how how does it work, Fred, to get it on the device? Is it as simple as how I run an Android app? I can, you know, go to the developer settings and turn USB debugging on and plug it into my PC and, you know, hit deploy and away it goes. Is there some kind of similar solution um, that you've developed? Yeah, so uh, every every application has a, a way to, in fact, uh, uh, download an application. So you can imagine the application uh, on the device of the printer. There is some kind of di the directory of the apps where they are. They can be in Flash, they can be in the file system. So 
So each platform has its own way to store the apps locally. And uh, of course, uh, it depends on how you can you want to deploy them. So uh, depending on the platform, in fact, uh, there is you as an app, app developer, you, you, you publish this app to some kind of ecosystem and the ecosystem is able to wrap your app uh, according to how it needs to be deployed on the various printers. So we may have various printers with various ways to, 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 to download the apps. One, one way could be even uh, I need to, to store it on my USB stick and manually uh, 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 provide it to the printer using an USB uh, stick. And um, But the very same app will be uh, downloadable to all the various printers. Fred, thanks a lot for that. You know, I know that uh, you know this is not a feature that Zebra has come to market with yet. It's something that we're still developing and uh, determining some of the best ways to to bring to market. And so I I know Zebra is still working on some of the controls they will have in place in terms of how they want those users um, to get access to this. And and I think that that also kind of ties in a little bit with you know, this kind of the, the model for how a user would turn this on. And, um, you know, the understanding I have is that Zebra, this will be a feature that Zebra will enable on some LinkOS devices and then give the uh, user developer the opportunity to purchase this feature to turn on to a device. Um, but again, these are things that Zebra's still working on. So for our listeners, be patient and, you know, as you uh, as you keep following this, uh, you'll be able to learn more on that. Um, now, Fred, I do. You know, we've talked a lot about the similarities and how easy it can be to uh, leverage existing Java applications in the Java environment. What are some differences that our listeners and developers would expect through your system than if they were just uh, building an application to run on an Android phone or handheld? Yeah, that's of course a very good question. Um, so the very first difference is uh, the virtual devices. We also provide for each printer uh, a virtual device that can be loaded on the PC, on your uh, app development environment. And really the virtual device uh, behaves the same as you know, the physical device. So it means that you don't need to buy all the printers <laughs> physically on your desk to be able to test and uh, write your app. So an application can be written using the virtual devices. And uh, so we are currently building already, we have uh, in the past four virtual devices. Uh, and uh, people can already experiment uh, app application uh, design using this virtual device on their PC. The second, uh, let's say, uh, uh, so, so that's so we don't have a generic. Uh, of course, we have a, we don't have a generic uh, uh, Android uh, virtual device on the PC. We, we we really target and we simulate exactly each device. So each device has its own virtual device running on the PC. The second aspect is probably the, the libraries. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, Android uh, runs only on very, very, let's say, uh, expensive uh, processors. 
uh, with lots of power, lots of uh, energy and uh, um, uh, memory. And uh, so the, 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 the people that are designing uh, um, Android libraries tend not to take care of the cost of the libraries. So probably uh, you will not have all the libraries uh, from Android available on your device just because uh, it's not a technical issue, it, it could run, but uh, it's a matter of uh, it doesn't fit, <laughs> missing some place uh, footprint uh, issues. So that's the second, uh, the second aspect that probably will, uh, will affect uh, the, the, the mobile, uh, the mobile uh, guides engineers. But uh, it's, it's very a tiny minor difference and uh, we, we really already have customers that are building applications for both environments. Uh, and uh, as soon you have created a build engine that in fact can, you, can, you can push your, 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 your library to both environments, uh, it becomes transparent. Uh, so it's more like a, a, a DevOps uh, issue, of uh, uh, an IT issue of how you want to package the things and uh, how, what library you depend on, etc. So. Yeah, sounds like just be more conscious of the environment you're deploying to uh, and be smart about how you're building that out. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think I think we have to remember as well, Dan, that these are still small power, you know, small powerful machines, but they've not got, you know, the huge memory that um, the Android devices have either today. So uh, you have to be cognizant of running your application to uh, to not be memory hungry. And not be processor hungry, but to be, um, you know, best of best of both worlds. Take advantage of the technology, um, but don't cripple the printer. Yeah, good point, Mark. Good best practices for people to follow. Um, and you know, Mark, you know, I, I actually kind of want to follow up with a, a question to you. I think, you know, we we've you and I both know the print space quite well, and uh, you know, Zebra's worked for a number of years building out the LinkOS suite of products. We have software and solutions that's looking, I would say, generally at the broad customer needs. And then we've opened up um, through the SDK with our ISVs and other developers the ability to write apps. Um, but that's, you know, outside of the device. Um, for in the device, in the past, the model had been that Zebra has a customization group, the custom applications group. And we actually talked to uh, two of the engineers in that group, Rich and Chris, last year uh, around some of the issues that they've seen and how they address those. You know, and that group's really there to look at uh, specific issues that some of our customers have or, you know, maybe less broad things that wouldn't go into a broad product. Um, and now with the advent of this MicroEdge platform on the printer, we're actually opening up for more of the community to solve more of these custom issues. So, you know, as we look at that, I'm just curious, Mark, if anything really kind of stands out uh, to you with some of the customers you've talked with and some of the projects you've worked on and some areas that you think um, this could really add a lot of value. So I think the ones that stand out the most, Dan, are where they it looks a really simple concept but actually the intelligence inside the printer has been quite complicated and we have to write quite a lot of zbi embedded within the printer in order to generate the label or the um the receipt that comes out of it so an example here would be what we did with a customer for um 
I am a postal company for a label return, and the QR code um, was scanned by a, um, a zebra scanner, which was connected into the um, into the printer. It was then decoded, um, and then a label was generated based on what data was um, in the um, in the QR code. Now, one of the challenges we had there was that because ZBI doesn't have a full encryption layer, uh, an algorithm, that we had to generate our own encryption algorithm um, based on you know um, numbers, letters, etc., in order to um, to obfuscate the code. So here we could use a standard Java encryption library to have generate the code and then also um, read the code back on the device, generate the label based on that information, make it more secure, and uh, make it quicker to market for if a new template needs generating, we could quickly add that new template into the Java code rather than have to go back to, as you say, the custom product team who have numerous projects going on, and a partner could do this as a value add um, to the end user. So I think there's a really good use case. Um, other things that crop to my mind could be in a retail grocery store. Uh, maybe you want to print um, some uh, shelf edge labels to put the price of uh, the item or the uh, a reduced sticker on um, on some meat or some item that needs leaving the shop before the end of the day. Now you could scan the product. Um, connected to the printer, um, and at that point, would then go back to the um, um, to the to the system, get the latest price, and generate um, a new label based on what was going on. So that in that regard, you could eliminate a uh, a mobile computer if this is a specific use case um, that was done, and the intelligence could all live on the printer, which today. Really, our, our customers aren't, aren't taking advantage um, the printer for, for, for all the things it could be. Um, we've seen examples whereby um, you could scan a, or you could um, generate a label uh, based off a, a back-end system, and it has a postcode on it or a zip code on it. The label's printed, and maybe afterwards, it sends down a full route listing of how to get there from Google Maps using the Google Map API. So maybe it says, you know, take this highway, that road, go through that estate, and you get a kind of a, a breakdown of the journey based on where the label's going if it's for a one-off job. So I think really it could be, you know, where the imagination takes you on a, on this journey of, what, what have you done today, which is exciting on Android, and what could we use on the printer um, to print out to be value for our customers? I think those are great examples, Mark, and you also encourage our listeners to remember that you know the newest models have full-color LCD screens on them as well, so there's opportunity to display um, information that people can use. Uh, and then I think you know similarly... This is actually of benefit to Zebra because our own internal developers are able to use this platform and look for standard libraries 
Um, you know, one of the things that we've already looked at are some different connectivity protocols. So we're able to streamline the development process by integrating standard libraries here. So I, I know we're really excited about this. Um, so, you know, Fred, I, I think we're, you know, overall, we just see huge promise here. We're really excited to be uh, sharing this news with our community uh, that this is something coming in the future. And I know that you and Zebra were both going to be at the Google Next conference coming up soon. Is there anything you want to kind of tease out about uh, what's going to be shown there? Yeah, so please join uh, on the, the 10th or 9th of yeah. April. And uh, so we will be presenting uh, the uh, what we uh, what's going on uh, with Google and uh, MacRaise on uh, the Zebra printers. So basically, we will uh, promote the solution, and uh, we will also demonstrate that on the uh, on on the the, the printers, uh, virtual device and a, a card printer, uh, all the MQTT protocols. Uh, we just uh, we just mentioned that uh, they are available. Uh, the various payload, Cibor, uh, JSON. Uh, uh, yeah, so we have also a Twitter agent, uh, Google Map uh, agent. So uh, already, uh, let's say, a small uh, uh, kickoff uh, marketplace uh, that shows that uh, how is it, how easy it is to to create and add this uh, this added value on the on the printers. That's great. And I think, you know, from the Zebra side, need to make sure that we put in a plug for our own software conference, Zebra App Forum. And our first App Forum is coming up in Warsaw, Poland, June 4th to 6th. And we love to connect with all of our listeners there. Um, I know I'll be there. Uh, hopefully Mark will be there too. But you can learn more and sign up at zebra.com slash app forum. Uh, so, Fred, is there a way that uh, our listeners can learn more about MicroEdge? Is there a place they can go? Yeah, they can. They can obviously uh, take a look. Take a look at our uh, website, uh, or, and uh, probably also internally, they can uh, go back to the let's say uh, the Zebra teams that are working on it. Excellent. Well, I can't thank you enough. This is a really exciting new uh, capability that we're going to be adding to the printers. And uh, thank you for all your collaboration and your time for this podcast. Thank you very much. All right. Well, thank you, listeners. And we look forward to uh, bringing something new to you next month. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Mm -hmm.